0: In our special days series, we look at the origins of events like Christmas and Easter, perhaps Thanksgiving, Halloween. You wonder, how does April Fool's Day fit into this? It's not biblical, it's not even religious, but it is a day that is celebrated with great mirth all over the world, and it seems to have evolved more than once, in Asia and in Europe. And there's at least one good theological point, well, I think uh, it'll be useful, that emerges from our study. And the goal of this series is to help us to think biblically about culture, about time, in this case, about April Fool's Day. I first heard of it as a school child when I was six years old. Now, I certainly was on the receiving end of all kinds of pranks. And I would admit I inflicted them on others as well. Uh, what goes around comes around. In the Boy Scouts, and I was in the Scouts for five years, I'm very committed to it, went all the way. Something that was uh, done to uh, the, you know, the, the novices was to send them to the next campsite now, I was part of Troop 15, Little Silver, New Jersey. And, and the leaders or those who have been around for a while would say, can you just go to the next campsite, ask that troop if they have a left-handed smoke shifter. I think a, a left-handed smoke shifter? Why would it matter whether it's left-handed or right-handed? They'd say, well, we just need a left-handed smoke shifter. Okay, because you're you're new and they're telling you to do it, so you go to the next campsite and they're in on it because it's a common It's a common ruse in the scouts. And so they said, we don't have it, but we we suggest you go to the next site. They might have it. And eventually you just give up. You go from campsite to campsite, and there is none. Have you ever had people do that to you? Has it happened to you a lot? Of course, sometimes we're on the other end. And there are times when humor is inappropriate. As the time when a friend and I made up uh, IQ scores... Our, in our school, the junior class, that is those who were sixteen or perhaps seventeen had just taken i q classes and uh, i q tests and we made up a a uh, basically i q scores for all of them. so we typed up their names in the secretary's office at the school. This was probably not the brightest place to to execute the prank. We typed up the names, put the scores in. Uh, Some of them we made deliberately high or low, all just to have a laugh. And then we posted it um, in the notice board behind the glass just outside the principal's office. We got away with it for a little while. Of course, parents were phoning in. Some were just uh, horrified that their little boy or girl's uh, IQ score had been uh, posted publicly. Because we we left quite a trail of of clues, they figured out we were the the, the guilty ones. We were brought into the principal's office and he told me, one more prank, young man, like that, and you will be expelled. And he wasn't kidding. But what is it in us that that makes us want to uh, trick and deceive? Why did the ancient Romans do this? Why did the... The Europeans in the Middle Ages. Why the Indians? What's going on? And maybe, how easily would you be tricked? My wife is British. Not all customs in North America are found in Britain, but this one actually is. And I remember her telling me about the spaghetti harvest. And this actually was something aired on BBC in 1957, April 1st, 1957. And it was about the spaghetti harvest in Switzerland, which was coming in early. And it had uh, f- footage of peasant women smiling, harvesting spaghetti from the trees. And the spaghetti all grew to the same length because they'd had a lot of time to cultivate it. And it was a, a good crop, good harvest. And uh, hundreds of viewers were jamming the switchboard of the BBC, asking, all kinds of questions, including, you know, where would we go to watch this? Uh, is it possible we could buy spaghetti plants for ourselves? I mean, it was a really good one. And BBC, if you ever watch it, is fairly serious, um, uh, dry, but to the, to a good point, I think, dry, informative. But this one was uh, hilarious, just hilarious. Would you have fallen for that if you had seen the the women harvesting spaghetti in Switzerland? Would you have fallen for it? Probably not. Well, what about this one? And this is actually an explanation of April Fool's Day. History professor at Boston University explained that it began during the reign of Constantine. Constantine was the emperor, the Roman emperor, um, in the early 300s AD. And at this time, uh, a group of court jesters told the emperor that they could do a better job of running the empire than the current administration. And so the amused emperor said, okay, uh, we'll make the jester, whose name is Kugel, we'll make Kugel king for a day. And uh, Kugel becomes king. He, He calls for a day of absurdity, and this becomes an annual event. Now, the professor who made this up said that it was a very serious day, I quote, in those days, uh, in those times, fools were really wise men. It was the role of jesters to put things in perspective with humor. Well, the, the story was picked up by many newspapers because it was attributed to the Associated Press, AP. This is back in 1983. But the professor had just made the whole thing up. It was several weeks before the Associated Press realized that they'd been victims of and April Fool's joke themselves. Now, there are notes that come with this podcast, and I'll I'll tell you if you want to track these things down, how to find out. But that one, not like the spaghetti harvest. It's a little more credible, don't you think? But I've got just one more. And I will read to you what I have found on the Internet. Not only have I seen it several times, it's been sent to me For my information, by well meaning Christians. The piece is called Florida Court Sets Atheist Holy Day. In Florida, an atheist created a case against upcoming Eastern Passover holy days. The atheist hired an attorney to bring a discrimination case against Christians, Jews, and the observances of their holy days. The argument was that it was unfair because atheists had no such recognized days. The case was brought before a judge. After listening to the passionate presentation by the lawyer, the judge banged his gavel, declaring, "'Case dismissed!' The lawyer immediately stood, objecting to the ruling, saying, "'Your Honor, how can you possibly dismiss this case? The Christians have Christmas, Easter and others, the Jews have Passover, Yom Kippur and Hanukkah, yet my client and all other atheists have no such holidays.'" The judge leaned forward in his chair, saying, But you do. Your client, counsel, is woefully ignorant. And the lawyer said, Your Honor, we are unaware of any special observance or holiday for atheists. And the judge said, The calendar states that April 1st is April Fool's Day. Psalm fourteen one says, The fool says in his heart there is no God. Thus, it is the opinion of this court that if your client says there is no God, then he's a fool. Therefore, April 1st is his day. Court is adjourned. Now, the problem with this is it's complete fiction. In fact, if it were true, the judge would be the one who's ignorant because Psalm 14 is not about atheists. It's about the enemies of God, those who live as if there's no God. They're not necessarily unreligious. And even more than that, Though I know many Christians have taken this seriously, uncritically receiving it uh, from well, from public speakers or from the internet. It it really backfires. If you're trying to win over unbelievers by publicly calling them fools, this is a very poor strategy. But what serious lessons could emerge from this piece of light-hearted reflection? That spaghetti doesn't grow on trees? No, I think we knew that already. That it's wrong for a Christian to tease or to deceive? Well, not, not always. Deception's one thing, but teasing and lighthearted humor is a bit different. But I think it is wrong, or at least terribly sloppy, to fail to check our sources. We who claim to stand for the truth and represent Him who is the truth. We need to be watchful and maintain our integrity. Are you one of those people who forwards things that you receive in your inbox without verifying them? Christians need to do better than that. A sense of humor is one of Jesus' own traits, as widely agreed by Bible scholars and students alike. And so a bit of levity is fine. No need for us to be marked by gravity at all times. But to be deceived or to pass on deceptions to others without thinking it through, that is something that should never characterize a follower of him who is the way, the truth, and the life. I hope you found this helpful. Thank you for listening.